All right. Let's do it. We're doing it. It's time to do it again. (laughs) I like how it's like we uh, get a write-up in a local newspaper magazine thing. I'm like, oh, we should probably do that. We should probably do that thing (laughs) that we do. The people ask us about it all the time. and we're like, Dude, it's weird. <laughs> I never thought people would actually be interested. Yeah. And, it, and then uh, it turns out that we have a lot of friends who have like office-y type jobs. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm in an office. So I don't have shit to do all day. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, if you want to waste an hour or so of your week. <laughs> I mean, maybe waste is a strong word for it. But like, if that's what you want to do with your time... Yeah, I guess well, we can accommodate that. I know a few people who use it like when they're already wasting time. They'll put us on so they don't feel like they're totally wasting time. Smart, smart. Like I have a friend who Kristen told me she will smoke a joint and then uh, play solitaire by herself. Oh, and put us when on? she's alone at their lake cabin. She'll put us on. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Kristen. That is an excellent, yeah. you know, what I and would I know. deem super appropriate use. Yeah, that's why we're here. Of this podcast. <laughs> that's that's kind of what we're... Like, I also know multiple people that listen to us while they fall asleep. Get out of which town. Which is almost weird, but... Yeah, I mean, I kind of get it. Like, I used to listen <laughs> to spoken word stuff. Like, I had this Dave Barry book on tape that I used to listen to. Yeah. Like, real, like... Every night listening to the same tape, and then I I got like a, I got a copy of that Jerry Seinfeld his hour, like his main hour that he yeah, did funny. in like the late eighties early nineties. I got a copy. I listened to that shit every night for years <laughs> as I went to bed, just like the same jokes, oh, yeah. the same timing, and uh, that's cool. I'll, I mean, those are both. I like that a lot. Uh, it's getting weird now for me when people ask me about it and they're like newer people like if it comes up so like we had a group meeting for this presentation i'm doing in school yeah um and i had remembered that like the thing was coming out and i was like (laughs) oh like it was on thursday of the inlander coming out and i was like oh shit we should probably get an episode up. And they were like, what are you, and I'm, what are you talking about? And so I got the Inlander and I showed them the little blurb about it. And they're yeah. like, we miss you. What are you so, so what's it about? <laughs> That's exactly what the, uh, yeah. I think they nailed it pretty well. I agree. Right up. It was pretty similar to the first one they did. Which is fun. Us, which is fine. Yeah, I love it because it's really like, <laughs> once you tell people it's not a review show. Yeah. They're like, well. What, what is it? You're That's like what you do while you're yeah while you're using whiskey. weed or whiskey <laughs> is you just sit around and you talk yeah and uh, I want to dispel the myth that just because it's the modern age and we got cell phones and televisions and laptops and the like that that's the only thing that like gets people like their attention I think you know like there's a whole there's a whole like for like part of the internet just for like shower thoughts and like weird epiphanies you have when you're high <laughs> right. or drunk. And so I feel like we belong kind of in there. Yeah. You know, like 
Uh, we'll talk about the kind of whiskey or cannabis. Like, don't get us wrong, we will, but it's not, like, yeah. that's and not specifically what's going on. I had a thought that maybe we could, well, that we could put it out to listeners. Yeah. If there's something that you're curious, uh, what our thoughts are, on, like our opinions oh or God, thoughts yeah. on something, whether it's completely absurd or... Yeah. Completely serious. Air quotes on topic or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. We don't ever have, like... There's no topic we're not willing to talk about. No, not and really. I mean... You, we don't really have a quote-unquote plan. It's kind of like... It's pretty serious. Like we did right before we turned the recorder on. It was like, is there anything specific did you want to cover? About? And we were like, uh... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> maybe if it comes up yeah you know we'll see what happens uh, I don't know man it's just I feel like so did your classmates did they say oh I'm gonna go listen to that after like what was your explanation I thought like, I felt like it did a good job I mean the write up mentions specifically the caloric or the nutritional infant value of bacon. Which we have, we talked, to, we've talked about that several different yeah, times. Yeah, like that's, I mean, <laughs> this is definitely a bacon-centric podcast. Yeah. And maybe if we had... We may have talked about bacon more than we've talked about weed and whiskey. Yeah, like specifically, yeah, maybe, to be honest. <laughs> Which probably, you know... Right. It's a result of the weed and the whiskey, obviously. God, that's maybe what we should do. <laughs> is just always cook bacon and have it ready. I don't know if that would be good for record, like especially no, 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 no not like while we're recording, but like as like the treat, like hey, we made it. We did a. We get some bacon now. <laughs> like, like dogs. Or just yeah. Like, I gotta get my bacon strips. Bacon. <laughs> it's bacon. <laughs> I told my girlfriend that that was specifically mentioned, and she got yeah, kind of embarrassed. Because uh, <laughs> I was like all her. Like, yeah, you said like really obsessed about the nutritional value of it. It was like her being like, yeah, you can have as much bacon as you want. I was like, get the fuck out of town. I can have as much bacon as I want. Yeah, pretty much. That I I mean, mean, it's still a mind blower. Like, we grew up in this like low fat world, and now having the paradigm on that shift, people are like, no, no, eat the fat. It's the sugar you got to avoid. Right. It's been a game changer for me. Uh, but no, like, I think they were interested. There was a guy at uh, one of the comics that was at Nito on Thursday and at the uh, the district before that. Yeah. Who I should... Derek Trembley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I kept having a different name, but he was like... Oh, yeah, you guys have a podcast? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Kinda. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as much as anybody does. Right. Like, I feel like there's people who are trying to use their podcast as a means to get somewhere. And then there's just people who are like, hey, we're going to yeah. just do this. And we're more in the latter than the former. Right. It's more a reason for us to hang out. Yeah, and that was what something I was wanting to touch on. Is like I, that's what I'm really coming to appreciate it now, because like you know, we got like I don't really go to the bar anymore, right. so I don't really. That was a prime area where you and I saw each other. That's where we met. Yeah. 
Yeah. I had to explain to someone that I didn't know your name for probably the first three or four years that I knew you. Right. I was just be like, that guy, he can hold a conversation. <laughs> yeah, we seem to have a good time when we hang out. Yeah. And then like, seriously, like four or something years in, I was like, can, we, can you get your phone number? Maybe we hang out outside of work? Yeah. Uh, it was like, yeah, okay. But like, you know, life is a life's a lot different now for everybody. Like, you know, we've got a lot of different stuff going on. Yeah. And uh, you know, and like specifically for me, I don't really go to the bar. And you work evenings generally, it seems like you uh, do work. More days now, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well it's then never half. mind, pardon me. <laughs> but my evenings are taken up. Right. And so, so it's like it's nice to yeah. have an hour I wanna say weekly, but it will be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I I, I think that uh, it, for me, a big part of it was like I hadn't been in like a good relationship in a while. I hadn't yeah. been in one. I hadn't been in one at all in a while, and then one that was like healthy for both the people in it. Right. I hadn't been in one of those in years and the years. Ones I, the only ones I remember you being in were volatile. Yeah, that's at a best. good word, volatile. <laughs> And so that didn't really lend well, like having organized time to record a podcast. Right. Or maybe it did because I was seeking time out. But when I finally <laughs> found someone that was like, the thing was a little more stable, I really dove in hard. For like the first six months, I wanted to do more comedy than I did. I wanted to go to more shows than I did and all that. But I just yeah. found myself really digging on being at home or like at my girlfriend's house, like just doing that yeah if that make, you know what I mean because it's been a while since I've been there and uh, you know I don't, I'm not that I'm done trying to be a participant <laughs> in that but like we're through like a six month window now right and I don't want to like abandon the things that made me who I was well yeah I mean you do those usually in relationships there's that time period where it's like you're spending majority of your time with that person and it like builds some strength right between the two of you so that like now so that when you do go okay separate stuff is good yeah you're not worried about like oh am I pissing that person off like right. you kind of know their uh what their tolerances are for certain for like yeah and I for feel how long like you're away or apart I kind of feel like too like she also digs the space <laughs> you know what I mean like she had been flying solo for a long time as well mm. and you know what it's like dude when you live that solo lifestyle you kind of get really accustomed to it and yeah. it can be weird to just have someone around like as as comforting as it is to have someone around it can also be a little like huh yeah. you're here wait we have to decide on a show to watch oh dude or... for real <laughs> thankfully like uh, I've been desensitized to that. Like, I'll watch whatever. I don't care. Yeah. And I know better than to say anything or comment if I really <laughs> thoroughly don't enjoy it. Right. I'll just be like, I'm just going to be here quietly doing my best to not <laughs> say anything. Yeah. Well, um, and it's... Uh, I know. <laughs> I've learned in my relationship and from like other stuff where it's like there's certain things that I really love like 
shows or books or activities that I really like mm-hmm. that probably mo- a lot of people don't or they don't appreciate it the yeah. way I do. Like, yeah. Uh, like, I really love shitty action movies. <laughs> I have a hard time like, imagining people not liking that, but I... Some people just don't. They're not down. They're not down. So that's my, like, if I have a night alone, that's my thing. You know, watch The Running Man. Running Man or something, yeah. I think the last one I watched or rewatched was, uh, what was it? Oh, I did watch Taken again. But did you? Was, yeah. I, dude, I could watch Taken. It's fine. I like being able to check out. It's like getting on a ride. I know? totally, totally <laughs> yeah. understand, dude. It's, uh, I played World of Warcraft for almost a decade and it's that same kind of a thing where you're like, I'm just going to turn my brain off real quick. Yeah. And just do this. And yeah, you have to like use some of your cognition to pay attention to it, but right. you're really just, it's like subconscious. And like, it, yeah, it's like, time. I know that 95% of the things that are happening in this show or game or whatever you're doing aren't possible right. in the real world, but that's not the point. No, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not watching a documentary. <laughs> yeah. I like watching documentaries, but I get the sentiment because, uh, like, I got really... I mean, I've always been into it, but, like, I've been really into, like, powering through the more, like, kind of, like, larger canon anime series recently. Uh. And, like, I mean, like, I'm watching one right now, and it's only got 124 episodes. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Which is that like, one season? No, it's it's two. <laughs> two seasons. It's two seasons of like 120 <laughs> 62 episodes. Dude, it's a lot. But at the same time, like, that I I know that when I watch them, I'm watching them on Hulu. And like, the first chunk before the first commercial break is all yeah. just the intro song and some bullshit. So uh, I just skip straight through it into the first chunk. I'm really only watching out of like a 22 minute program. I'm watching like 16 minutes yeah. or 15 minutes. So like, I'll turn through seven or eight of those fuckers before I even know what's happening. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh god, it's two hours <laughs> later, and I've just watched like eight or ten episodes of this shit. But at the same time, like, you know, last night was the last night. No, it was two nights, a couple nights ago. My uh, my girlfriend was watching the hot chick. Okay. And she got kind of self-conscious that I was going to be, like, judging her for watching that. And I had to explain to her that, like, it's the same thing we're talking about. Like, if you want to yeah. watch The Hot Chick, there is no judgment yeah. coming from me. <laughs> if you want to sit down and try to explain to me why this is one of the greatest pieces of cinema ever contrived, okay, well then, like, maybe we could have a discussion on how that's not correct. Right. <laughs> But if you want to say, like, hey, this is, like, a guilty pleasure for me. I want to watch this, like, terrible Rob Schneider comedy. Right. <laughs> I am so on board with that. There's way worse stuff. And then there's uh. things she doesn't let me watch. Like, she'll watch this show called Dr. Pimple Popper. Which okay. is a real show, apparently. And she's like, I'm not going to let you be a part of this. Is this a network? Like, cable network? It's on, network? like, TLC. Okay. Uh, we've, uh... We've been binge-watching My 600-Pound Life. Okay. Um, it's like... It's kind of like the best of both worlds. Like, you get to be really shitty and judgy. And right. then you also get, like, a... Sometimes you get, like, a cool inspirational thing. And, like, oh, fuck, dude. This person 
weighed yeah. like 650 pounds and they got their shit together and lost 100 pounds before they even had gastric bypass and now they're down to like 300 pounds which when you're coming from 650 getting down yeah. to 300 is like pretty fucking good I'm trying to picture myself half the size I am now that's dude that's no for doing. us it'd be like if we got like toned like ripped like fucking cut <laughs> that's what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah I, I can't see it I mean I lost a little bit of weight just from not smoking and drinking and I was like this is real good I don't think I need <laughs> Wait to see it so no I mean dude watching Taken or any just like shit little action movie I empathize I'll watch uh, the, like John Wick or Jack Reacher which oh, are, yeah. are I guess are supposed to be air quote better one, but like it's the same thing dude it's this yeah. it's like They're a not. person like going out there just dismantling an entire That's... criminal organization when you're like, nah, really, some guy yeah. could have just been behind him and been like, Boop. right, and that would have been the end of that whole movie. <laughs> but there's Keanu Reeves doing gun foo. Or like, there's Arnold. All because his dog. All because of his puppy. Yeah, which. I, I, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Fuck that. You don't kill a man's dog. Yeah. It's fucked up, right, Papo? Right, Papo. Papa's in the house. You guys got to... I wish you could see this. It's just a six-pound poodle in a sweater. Yeah. Which, I get it. It's, in, uh, it's been cold. Yeah. It's supposed to be, like, really cold these next couple nights. And then, like, we get. it seems like we're breaking into, like... Maybe not spring, but, like, winter is kind of easing its foot off the gas pedal, finally. Oh, yeah. Well, it's March, so... You'd hope. Yeah. <laughs> it's only the second, but... Jeez, way to really put the foot down on when we gotta get this shit out by. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about deadlines. It kinda is, man. I kind of... I, I, I agree. Uh, like, I've been back in school, and it's been good in a way to be like, Oh yeah, you got regimented activity. You yeah, know I mean, you don't just get to come home from work and then be like, oh, done with work. Because <laughs> I'm not good at, like, forcing myself. Like, I want to write more comedy and I'm just bad at it. I'm bad at, like, dedicating the time. Right. And I think this is helping me learn how to, like, assign <laughs> some time to get something productive done. Yeah. It's also... Yeah. Helping me to hopefully get out of the kitchen. Which, no offense to anyone that loves working in a kitchen. That's great. But I've had my fill. And I am done. Well, <laughs> anytime you do something for 10 years yeah. or so. That's true as well, right? That's true <laughs> That's as well. Like... And I, I've, I've come to realize that, like, so much of, like, there's so many things that I'm into that have this kind of, like, professional athlete slash rock star mode of success where it's like there's tons of people that are into this and right. very few of them ever get really anywhere doing yeah. it it's like that anthony bourdain uh he has this like advice thing i think it was for le cordon bleu or something uh it kind of came out after his death 
that kind of floated around the internet where he's telling people it's like his message to people before they go to culinary arts school oh yeah he's like here's the thing to remember huge success in food basically doesn't exist he's like what you need to do is go work in a kitchen before you go to culinary arts and then just know the fact that for about 10 or 15 years you're only going to make minimum wage yeah or a little more just a little <laughs> he's like do that for a year and then then decide make the decision for real dude yeah it's been one of the things that I've noticed too is that the further I get in the more I'm like Conceptually, I'd be so jacked to be a dishwasher. <laughs> like, there's just no stress. Like, it's stressful. I mean, it's not like it's an easy job by any means, but right. the the level of stress and the responsibility is completely different. Right. Like, you just need to get the dishes clean and back out to where they are used for service. Like, you don't have <laughs> to make sure that steak is medium. Like... Right. Just need to make sure that there is an egg yolk still on the plate when you put it back in the clean stack. <laughs> That's your job. And maybe, like, cut some potatoes or something. Right. And I'm like, oh, Listening to, like, the younger kids bitch about having to work prep or dish, <laughs> it's just like, you fuckers have no idea. You have no fucking idea how good you have it right yeah. now. No one cares what you do. Like, you're here, and you're just, like, as long as you have a pulse and you're doing it, like... Yeah, to a lot of people who have worked in kitchen during service for years, prep shifts sound like a vacation. It is a fucking treat. And it's weird, like, most of the kitchen jobs I've had, you show up, and you get there, like, three hours. Like, we work at a bar and grill... If you open at 11, guys show up at 8 and they do prep. Right. And then you have these couple hours of time where there's no customers and you can, like, work on your knife skills and learn recipes and all this shit. Yeah. But where I work now, it's like I walk in at 8 and there's a line of people waiting to get (laughs) breakfast. And there's no time for getting your shit ready or any of that. It's just like, all right, clock in, please, right away because we're getting pounded. (laughs) I was like, uh, what time do you guys open? Seven. Seven. So you're there. Did we open at an seven? An hour after. Yeah, I'm there an oh, hour yeah, after brutal. the opener, and if we open like we open at seven, and if we opened at six thirty, it it wouldn't change. Like, people are at the door at like six forty five sometimes, being like, you guys, would you, you guys <laughs> yeah. let me in? <laughs> And you're just like, Saturday, man. Yeah. Go back to bed. Like, yeah, fucking relax. <laughs> Eat a snack. Yeah. Go to go to Indaba across the street and get a coffee. And try on some shoes at the Fleet Feet. And then come back and we'll have breakfast ready. At six in the morning. You're gonna... It's the best time to buy running shoes. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. It's just like... I get it, too. Like, we... In Kendall Yards, there's a lot of housing around with disposable income. Yeah. And these people, like... They don't have anything else to do at six in the morning yeah. or seven in the morning. Like, <laughs> this is what they were doing. They yeah. they've been waiting all week to come to Saturday brunch. Yeah. They didn't drink last night, so they could get up early. <laughs> For real, dude. And get a table. <laughs> For real. I'm <laughs> just like, it's no disservice or di- like I'm not trying to like be mean. I'm just like, you know what it's like when you're ready to move on. Right. 
And I feel like the kitchen, I feel the same way about drinking, where it's like, if I ever want to come back, it's there. Right. It's not going <laughs> anywhere, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, we got a guy that works for us who's 62, and he works prep, and I'm just like kind of envious because he works two days a week. Oh, nice. He <laughs> knocks it out. Like, he's yeah. super productive, but like, he's he just... He, just doing it to supplement yeah. his social security. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's the life. <laughs> that's the fucking life, dude. I'd rather do that than be a Walmart greeter. Oh, you my know? God. <laughs> no, thank you, dude. Which they stopped having, like... I heard. Well, I didn't go... Well, I'm not a big Walmart shopper. I went there, I think, twice in the last few months, which before that I hadn't been to a Walmart in, like, Every, five years. Yeah. And I, but I did make a mental note and it did strike me that they don't have like a retiree right at the door anymore. It's like just some guy, they're phasing out some kid position. who's like in the early 20, in their early 20s who just doesn't want to be there anyway. Right? My mom told me to go out and get a job, so this is what I'm doing. Still gotta move out of the basement. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, dog. Oh, I do get, I've learned, because I've been at my, so I've been, been staying friend. at my parents a few days a week because they have, um, <laughs> they have some mental aging issues going on, but sure. they wake up oh. at like 545. Sure, I'm sure they are up. Which is not my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and on top of that, with some of their issues, they they will get up at midnight because they think it's morning, oh. and then you gotta go. No, no it's only twelve. Go back to <laughs> go bed. Go back to bed. Go back to bed. Uh, and there isn't a spare room, so you know, I'm just on the couch in the living room. Oh, but damn, dude! It has been kind of nice to be up at like there have been several Saturdays where I've been up at six thirty. Sure. And it's just like I, I'm just gonna get up because it's not I'm not gonna get quality sleep, and then I'm like. I'm up for half an hour. I was like, oh, it's only seven. Dude. I don't have anything to do till noon. And so I'm just like, Mom, Dad, do you want me to? I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to get some stuff to make like pancakes and like breakfast. Hell yeah, dude. So it's like, holy shit, you can, you can be productive on a weekend. Dude, you can get a lot of stuff done waking up early. Yeah. And I don't know about you. I mean, you kind of have to temper your sleep schedule because you have those varied shifts. Yeah. So some nights you have to be up pretty late. Yeah. But like, I get tired way earlier now. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not yeah. feeling, I'm definitely not like a 70 year old, like going to bed at eight, but like, dude, this household, the household I live in now starts to shut down around nine. Like nine is like the kid's bedtime. Yeah. And then the girlfriend goes to bed very shortly after that. And then I'm just like feeling weird I'm like well I guess I'm just up uh, yeah like what uh, and I so like now I go to bed like at 9.30 I'm trying to get to bed most nights unless it's like an open mic night yeah and uh, I get up at 6 every day I mean partly because that's the habit for work like, right but like there are days I don't work and I'm up at 6 I fucking love it <laughs> I love it. I'm not like a morning person. Per se. Like I don't spring out of bed. 
Right. But I get up and shower and make coffee, and by the time I get that first cup down, I'm like, moving. Yeah. And I know what I like. I know that feeling you're talking about, where you're like, well, shit, I got four hours before I need to do anything. Maybe there's something. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, and now that I don't just get stoned. <laughs> I got four really, hours. Dude, where's the bomb? It really changes yeah. the dynamic. Like, it's been. <laughs> It's been a real trip having to reconsider my whole relationship to cannabis because of like the forced legal sobriety. Right. But, uh, you know, like, fuck, man. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not like one of these people that's done like a complete about face. Right. And now I'm like, just lazy stoners. <laughs> but between like, getting sober and clean and then now being in school for addiction studies you know yeah. like learning about it like about the neurological effects of cannabis like man it makes a lot more sense why you don't always get a bunch of shit done when you're super stoned <laughs> it makes a lot more sense and you know that caveat exists that some of the most productive people I know in my life are stoners like one of the, like, you know, some of the hardest working people I know have just smoked just an ungodly amount of weed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's not a thing for, for everyone where it robs them of motivation, but for so many people, dude, it's, it's not that it, it used, I, it used to blow my mind. Yeah. Uh, but especially like the slats so, of. When I was on the dope show last week. Yeah, yeah. Going on stage for it, which is terrifying to me still, but Oh yeah. Afterwards talk about that. Afterwards I'm like because the five minutes I was that I was on stage while I was high yeah. felt like twenty five or thirty. <laughs> and I can remember having like doing my jokes but also have an inner dialogue going on. Oh yeah. Where it was like and then when I was sober I was like, did that actually like I wonder what the, like, it's almost, it's not like time slows down, but it's like, I probably could be, I don't know how quick I was while I was high, I wish it was recorded so that I could see, like, what my, oh man, what my it was priceless, <laughs> you know what it was, was, um, okay, for, for, from the outside looking in, yeah, when you do those Jesus impressions, yeah, even, like, a couple beers in or sober or whatever yeah. like you do a fair amount of what i believe to be kind of purposeful exaggerated explanation of it yeah is that correct maybe? yeah okay yeah I draw it out yeah you were drawing it out it made that so much better because <laughs> i mean because everyone knew like the context like right. if you were just up there and it wasn't at a show about getting high yeah and you were doing it that long, it might have been as funny, but in that context specifically, like, you added, like, 60% more drawing it out, especially on the Al Pacino one. Like, yeah, just the genuine, well, it's probably a genuine, like, yeah, it, I was explaining it to myself more than... Dude, <laughs> it, was su- it came across as super genuine, like, you were just, like, a guy who doesn't really smoke weed, yeah. who's pretty baked right now, who's, like... Okay, so this well, is... And uh, there's a lot of stuff to remember in that. This is uh, <laughs> the Al Pacino. Yeah. 
Okay. Also this. Also this. <laughs> also, okay. So so it's this and this and then the. Ooh, <laughs> and like it made like the juxtaposition between like how intensely you explained it over and over, and then like kind of the brevity of the actual impressions. Yeah. Like great, dude. And uh, the headliner guy Lucas was losing his shit. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because he went up. I think you might have been smoking, but he went up and he did a big thing in his sober set about how he's a Christian. Oh. And he gets a lot of shit living in L.A. from people who are like, what are you going to try and convert me? <laughs> he did like, you know, five minutes or oh, know, three to that. five minutes on being Christian in L.A. Yeah. And he came out of the green room to watch that. Oh, cool. And was just dying, dude. Just fucking dying. And it was great. I mean, but I, I don't know. I thought it went well, so... Not saying that this should be your new shtick necessarily, but no. Well, that was. It's not going to be a thing I do normally, but I, I was like, maybe I should. I should probably write that way. I think it at I, least half the t- like do a couple. I think it'd be a couple a times exercise. a month. Sit down and like get stoned and try to write or rewrite things. Dude, it. Uh, <laughs> I just watched this big. Uh, I guess not that big, but I watched a National Geographic thing on LSD. When they were like first coming out, like when it was first oh, yeah. around, one of the there was a guy who was a, I want to say, a Harvard, Harvard, no Stanford, a guy from Stanford that. Are these are the ones where they put scientists in a yeah, room. Yeah, they put scientists like in a legitimate room. Legitimate intellectual people. Yeah, yeah, and they got them. They got them high on acid, and then let them chill for a little bit, and then we're like, hey, work on this problem that you've been working on and stuck on. Yeah. And they fucking huge breakthroughs and all this, like. Yeah. There's something to be said from coming at it from like a different mental perspective. Right. You know, uh, and that's part of what I'm so excited about being able to, you know, in the near future use cannabis again, is that like, I can tell from a, uh, having tried to go back to it and yeah. going way off the deep end that that's not where the value is. Right. Like, for me. For some people, they need it therapeutically or medicinally or however they need it, and they need to use it all the time. What the fuck ever. Great. Good for you. Yeah. For me, with my specific addiction, personality, and all that, it's not good to have around all the time. But, like, that was what I missed when I was, like, a a regular day-in, day-out stoner, was I missed, like, getting fucking giggly high and, like, playing guitar or video games or something like having this experience that I'm used to sober and then like coming at it from a different point of view right like not using it to be not smoking it to get to normal but smoking right. it to get away from normal yeah, yeah. exactly and yeah. that that's what I'm like honestly most excited about and like trying to like approach with trepidation because I don't want to go back to a thing where it's like just my constant state of being right also, like, I'm trying to be an addiction counselor, and they all drug test, so it's just not going to be a thing yeah. <laughs> that I'm going to be able to do. <laughs> and also, like, I'm doubly on that, like, man, there'd be nothing that would make me, as a, a person who's been through treatment, take my counselor less seriously than if I could tell they were stoned. Right. <laughs> just be like, fuck Wait, what you. Are you doing? Yeah, like, get out of here, asshole. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> 
I don't know. It's not that you always want your counselors to be addicts or always want to be square, but for them to be actively kind of stoned at work would right. just be like, fuck off, dude. <laughs> like, they might as well have a little fucking cup of, like a little airplane shot of bourbon that they're sipping off right. of while they're telling me about how I need to work on my sobriety. <laughs> like, so, um, I don't know, man. I thought that you're dope show thing went well did you how'd the rest of your night go did you just like chill out or do anything watch uh, a movie or yeah so we went next door because oh, we bought okay. a bunch of pizza but oh. <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> but dope it just happened at the last dope show too and i realized i don't need <laughs> that uh smoking in public yeah like with big crowds of people isn't no. The best place. It doesn't for seem me. like it. And uh so there was pizza there and I kept like Hannah was over there with me and like there were a bunch of like, the comics around but I just couldn't talk to anybody. Sure. Or if I did yeah. it would be it'd, weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh I'm sure it was fine. I don't think I had any like crazy weird interactions. Right. I was just in my head, I was yeah. like, I don't know what to say. To <laughs> and then I kept telling Hannah, I was like, Hey, can we go? Can you drive? Can you take us to the Rosars and get... I want to get a pizza and some ice cream and some Doritos. Fuck yeah. And she goes, just have pizza here. There's pizza here. I was like, I don't want to eat in front of these people. <laughs> <laughs> so Dude, the, I totally get yeah, it. So we went and Hannah was very sweet. Aww. Uh We were... She was like letting me pick it out, but I felt like I was just like reading the labels very carefully on everything. <laughs> Trying to choose between two different kinds of pizza. I was like, this one has green peppers and sausage and onion and something else. But this one also has those, but also has, like, <laughs> mushrooms. And then I go, which one do you think I should get? She goes, get whichever one you want. Whichever one sounds the best. I'm going to get both. <laughs> I don't remember which one I chose. But then it was the same thing with the ice. I don't know how long we were in the store. But that time dilation effect is really intense when you're not like big into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because it feels like, I think the, it's just the altering of the basic neurochemistry, like makes the way you process thoughts like, like slower in a way, but also faster. Like, like you're having so many thoughts that it's hard to like focus down onto one or two of them. And it made me realize like on stage that you can like the jokes I know like I only did jokes I know really well yeah. when I was high. Right. I wasn't gonna do anything new, but uh knowing those so well to like I can do them right verbally, like outwardly and then but then having an inner dialogue going, it made me very aware that I'm like constantly having an inner dialogue, even when I'm not high, but like it just brought it, like brought it to the forefront. Made me realize how separated those are that I can talk, and then there's like thinking, <laughs> like right. the, the thought process is going on. Where the first joke I'm doing, I'm like, I know in my head that it's a minute, but it feels like it's been 20 minutes. <laughs> so in my head, the inner dialogue is like. I've been doing the same joke for 20 minutes. It's taking me that long to get out. Why are these people still listening so intently? 
to this bullshit. <laughs> and then my mouth says the punchline, and everyone laughs. I was like, oh, okay, they're still... They're <laughs> okay, still okay, okay. Just about a minute in. Yeah, but it's uh, it's a weird way. I know I'm probably telling people what they already know, but... No, dude, I think that everyone yeah. has their own experience. And there's many mm. experiences that are similar, but, you know, if anything, yeah. I think... Uh, it just, you know... It's cool. I think people enjoy hearing that they aren't different in a way. Right. Like, like <laughs> no one, you know, like people like to know that, like, okay, like other people have that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not. I'm not this fucking weird. It's no. not an adverse reaction. No, to the, I'm not yeah. this weird. I'm like, no, dude. Like, and then like, I mean, uh, the it depends on like what kind of weed you smoked too. You know. I was gonna try to find out because I didn't. But... I okay. think the, what I had in a smaller Did you feel a smaller like, amount. kind of energized? Uh, yeah, I think it wasn't like... Like, I mean, I feel usually like... It'll make, usually weed will make me like, want to go to bed. Yeah. And you didn't feel that way? No. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, like, anecdotally, I would say you probably smoked a sativa. Right. Or a sativa dominant blend. Right. Because, you know... Uh, the the real real snooty weed snobs that may be listening to this might be screaming at the podcast that that has largely been debunked by genetic research and all this. But What's the like, difference between indica and sativa? Yeah, that they're really just a super. You know what? You can say that all you want, but yeah. but if I show you an indica plant and a sativa plant, you can fucking tell the difference. Like. One is short and squatty with super fucking broad leaves, and one is very tall and spindly with narrow, like, thinner leaves. And it's like, once you know which one looks which way, you can, like, yeah. see a plant and be like, oh, that's clearly this side of the ballpark. Right. And, and you know, maybe, maybe there's some level in which they aren't different, but, you know, one of the things about cannabis is this, uh, it's called the entourage effect, okay. where, like... Part of what makes smoking like flour so like into like the different than eating it or doing concentrates or whatever is that when you concentrate it and when you refine it down, yeah, you're not carrying all the different and like different I'm sorry all the different cannabinoids and terp like you're not carrying all the same chemicals through. Right, okay. You know what I mean? Like, there's chemicals that are in the plant itself that don't come into the butter. Right. Or don't go into the concentrate. And when you remove those, you remove aspects of the high where it's like people... I've always felt, and this has kind of been corroborated anecdotally, that, like, concentrates are very cerebral. Like, they get you really head high. And edibles get you really, like, kind of body high. Right. And you're still high either right. way, but, like, you feel edibles way more in your body, like, physically. Right. And concentrates way more in your brain. And if you smoke, like, if you take a dab and eat a cookie, you kind of feel like you just smoked a bowl of flour. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, there's things in those plants that I think could be more energizing or more right. relaxing. And... We'll see where the science washes out. Uh, right. And you're dealing with a plant. Yeah. So even the environment it was in probably has some kind of... Oh, dude. 100%. The minerals I mean, in the soil. Probably. Yes. 100%. <laughs> I... I uh, 
wine has this concept of terroir. Yep. You know what I mean? And I really firmly believe that that, at least from a flavor component, is effective in the same way in cannabis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just have a hard time believing that if you grew weed in amended soil in the dirt versus in like a cocoa core planting mix versus hydroponically and it was the same strain and blah 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 right that it would have like a slight at least a slightly different taste right and maybe like you're saying i would probably even have like a different like maybe there would be disparities in the high because of what nutrients or minerals the plant was able right, to the take. chemistry could change pretty quickly yeah and that's the kind of stuff you you'd know a lot more about mr green thumb over here not that much more i gotta Maybe. say dude that's been one of the weirdest parts about going to school for yeah. like back to for like drug study like studying drugs and shit is yeah. like like i feel like i already know so much of the shit we're going over <laughs> just from like always having been interested in drugs and then also having gone to treatment like right. twice like they taught me a bunch of stuff in treatment and like you're there you might as well have an open mind and see if there's something yeah. of value you can take out of the experience right and so like dude i'm going into these classes and i'm just like that's not how lsd works <laughs> let me bring out my notebook Hold that on, i wrote while talk. i was on lsd <laughs> it's just like ridiculous i feel like it's really been challenging to me to have to like temper what i'm sharing yeah I'm sure. I don't want to be like, like, had this experience in college. Be like Rodney Dangerfield in Back to School. Dude, kind of. Like, what about the kickbacks to the mayor and the whole? <laughs> you remember that fucking movie? I vaguely remember it, mostly because he like does a weird diving maneuver. He was supposedly a champion diver. Right, and I'm in just his like younger years. Yeah, and I was just like remember when they like. Remember, like, Comedy Central used to, like, just find a movie and run it to death? Oh, yeah. Every cable station. Yeah, yeah. and that was one of them. Like, it had its time in the rotation, and right. I just was not a big fan of it <laughs> yeah. at the time. I should probably go back and rewatch it, to be fair. I doubt it's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't aged well. I mean, it was like... It was when Dangerfield was just... Doing everything he possibly could to make money. Fair. Because he was like, he's Strike like, well, the this hot. is my shit right now. Yeah. I don't know yeah. when it's going to go like away. Caddyshack 2. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I remember seeing that on, like, before I'd seen regular Caddyshack. Yeah. Wait, was he in one or two? I thought he was in two. He was in the first one. Okay, well then never mind. God I forget it. who the actor was in the second one. Okay. I'm reading the book right now. Get the fuck out of here. That's, now. uh. Wait. Not. It's of how Caddyshack got made. It's okay. like a. I was like. They call it, uh, the subtitles A Modern Day Cinderella Story or something because they. It is an interesting time in America and Hollywood and, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah, arts yeah. where. It's just. There were very few people involved in that movie that actually knew how to make movies. It was mostly just a bunch of like, con- like it was the, all the people from National Lampoons. Sure. Who at that point only like wrote mags, like wrote right. magazine articles. They wrote a script for this thing. 
they're coming off of the success of Animal House. So it was oh, like okay, that. okay. But, so they had some. Okay. But That's it tanked cool. in the theater, like the. Oh yeah. Because yeah. Animal House did all right. They got a studio to pay for, <laughs> to pay to make Caddyshack, and then it got awful reviews. I believe that. But then after a couple of years of being out in theaters, it like I picked up. Picked up and like was a huge like comedy icon. It still is. Yeah. It made a lot of people's careers. It's got that going for it. Even being a bomb, but it's a super interesting story about. Uh, just how it came out, like everybody hated it that everyone that mattered hated it but then it came out at the right time with the right kind of jokes talking about the right things and people just like embraced it it's a pretty cool. interesting story um, I'm tearing got... up a little bit if you guys can't <laughs> about Caddyshack yes, yes it's the right time <laughs> the right place you got um, any stuff that you want to talk about Promotionally? Um, I do. Okay. If you want, I can go first. You go first, because right. I need to make sure that I can actually... That it, yeah, yeah, because my stuff's all go. coming up shortly, yeah. <laughs> and I can talk about it. Cool. Uh, so, this coming Tuesday, which this will be up before, I'm going to try to get this up tonight or tomorrow night. Um, there, I'm in a roast battle... Oh, thing yeah. produced by Spread Eagle Comedy. I uh, got moved from the observatory to the Red Room, which is a bummer in a way because I like the observatory and I like performing there. Yeah. But it's also cool in another way because the Red Room has a slightly larger performance space. Yeah. And a bigger stage. Right. Which is kind of conducive a little more, I feel like, to this format. Uh, my first round yeah. matchup is against Brian Hood. Oh. So I'm, ex- I'm really interested to see where that goes. Uh, just because, like, Brian's been one of my favorite people that I know through open mic and comedy in the last little bit. Yeah, he's been working hard. Yeah, he works uh, hard. He's actually hosting at the club this weekend. Yeah, cool. Uh, and uh, he's been working hard, and he, like, he just isn't a dick and like isn't causing any drama yeah you know what i mean like he's a he's such a good example of i would say kind of the right way to do it yeah if that makes sense like if you're able to cage your personality and tamp it down and just not be (laughs) the like this incessant need for being the center of attention right like if you're able to do that brian hood is a great example of what can come out of that like just working hard being polite not talking a bunch of shit about people. Yeah. Like, it's okay to not like people. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to express that respectfully to your friends and all that. But there's a line to be crossed where you're just talking a bunch of shit and being a dick. I've never heard him cross that line. He may have, but I've never heard it. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh... So we got a first round matchup against him. Is that your? Are those your roast jokes? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing, dude. He's you're a hard worker. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, geez. So that's Tuesday, March fifth, at eight p.m. at the Red Room, and it's gonna be a tough one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because. Uh, what day of the week is that? Sorry. I think it's a Tuesday. Okay. It's all like. 
I got a lot coming up on Tuesday. I got all my presentations for the end of the quarter stuff at school, and then this roast battle. All on the same day? All the same day. Yeah. It's going to be a big, big Tuesday. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> we got that going, and then March 18th at 8 p.m. at the Buzz Pizzeria and Bar and Coffee House and used to be laundromat and computer repair place. <laughs> no, anyway, at the Buzz... I'm on a, I'm on one of those Mark Morris showcases, like a feature showcase with Lucas Prom and Folger Emerson and Ken Martin. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm pretty jacked about that because cool. I haven't seen Ken like out in a while. I know he still does. He stuff. goes. He's very he active. goes to watch shows. I haven't seen him right. perform in town though. Maybe he's he's probably doing stuff. You know, I think, like, he hosted just... the Bing and shit like that. Yeah. And so it's cool. It'll be cool to see him in a more intimate environment. Yeah. And get a chance to at least, you know... And he's super cool. Yeah. Nice dude. He's very yeah. nice. And it's just say, hey, and just, you know, kind of, like, just yeah. interact with him again. Yeah. Because we operate in different circles. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's nice that there's the occasional overlap. Right. Um... The occasional so, overlap that's not Ken McComb. <laughs> right. Although Ken we love Ken McComb. We love Ken McComb. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't? He's just from that. My point was he's from that. Oh, no, yeah. Old school yeah, yeah. Spokane comedy. Yeah, he's from the 80s yeah. group. And so, yeah. unless you're going to Ruby Chow first Thursday of every month yeah. and doing that open mic up there where Don and Nick show up pretty frequently. Yeah, I do want to go to that. It's It's... I highly encourage any Spokane yeah. open mic or larger or higher level comedians who aren't getting out first Thursday every month and it's early so you can do like a triple dip yeah you can do Ruby Chow and then the district, district. and then Nita you can get you know it's not like you know bless his soul Daryl's not gonna light you at three minutes right <laughs> you know what I mean he's trying to make it worthwhile for people he, to get up there he let me go long last night at Chan's when he okay. shouldn't when he shouldn't have but it was fine okay <laughs> how was Chan's last night uh good crowd just a bunch of the new people were there good uh good I got there a little late because of work but um it was just I mean uh, the Schneider dudes yeah, were Schneider there yeah people good crowd of people though I mean like comic yeah, wise good people there to watch like people were there so I ran like into weirdly he gets like it started to build the crowd back. I ran into some friends who were there. Just went there on a whim, found out it was comedy night, and stuck around. Get out of town! Awesome. Uh, so it's cool to like have familiar faces in the crowd. Yeah, that hadn't really ever seen me do anything, and then okay, and then I didn't. Usually I do pretty well at jams. I didn't do great last night. But... Chance can yeah. be a real spirit crusher. It's a. Uh... That's why I like it. Yeah, I yeah. agree, dude. Yeah. It's why I'm... Like, it's a different kind of spirit crush than the district can be. <laughs> like, the district can be a spirit crush because it doesn't really get a lot of attendance. Although there's been, like, a couple people the last two weeks. Right. Which has been fun. Yeah. Or, like, tease. Every time I go to tease, there's, like, one guy or, like, a group of three or four people in the back and no one's excited that comedy's happening. <laughs> I know that it's kind of that's changing. That's the training, though, that you got to have. But, yeah, but that's the thing, dude. Yeah. It's important, especially once you've been in a little bit and you start feeling like you've got this down, Yeah. to just go and just eat some hard, like, eat <laughs> yeah. some hard failure. 
on a stage. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean like, not like fail, like you just miserable, but like, it's nice to realize you're human. Right. You know, you're not, you're not the fucking king of this. If you were the king of this, you might have already moved out to a bigger market. Right. And, and that's not to say that you won't become the shit and you're not the shit and develop like, but like, you know, we're, many of us are right. in Spokane for a reason. <laughs> Whether that's we don't have the talent, or I think more realistically that just a lot of us have lives that, like, you know, I got shit going on here, yeah. and uh, it's, I don't know. Yeah, you gotta be willing to, like, push yourself off the cliff to go Yeah, and, uh, and yeah. Uh, you know, I when I was newer in comedy, I thought, well, that just proves you want it, but, like... Uh, <laughs> You know, not everybody is trying to be world famous. Right. And in fact, my definition of success has changed to be like, oh God, if I could be Gabe Rutledge, that would be... Yeah, he's a pretty good, like, model. I think. Not like no, fashion model, but yeah. like a model. <laughs> but like, yeah, he's a great model for what being a successful comedian can be. Or just like artist in general. Yeah, outside of like being really famous. Yeah. Like having a family in a decent town, going all over the country to do what you love, mm -hmm. but not like uprooting your entire family unit to take them down somewhere and subject them to this right. exposure. I don't know. And still like making enough money to be a contributing part of your family. Yeah. So that's always cool. Did you get your so, stuff figured out? Uh, yeah. Oh. Um, but repeat yours because we went on a tangent. Yeah. Okay. March 3rd. <laughs> Uh, March, I'm sorry, March 5th at 8 p.m. That's Tuesday, March 5th, 8 p.m. at the Red Room. There's a roast battle for, uh, pan, uh, for, for Spread Eagle Comedy. I'm going to be facing Brian Hood in the first round. Then the 18th, March 18th at 8 at the Buzz. I'm going to be on a feature showcase with Lucas Prom, Folger Emerson, and Ken Martin. That's hosted by Mark Morris. And then if you want to get a hold of me, all my social medias are at shimshammy. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-M-M-I-E. And go. Uh, so I have, I will be at, I'll also be at the Buzz, but I'll be there in April. Cool. April 15th, tax day. Yeah. So get your taxes done, then come to the Buzz. And, there you go. Um, I'm not quite sure what the lineup is for that, but it's right. the Buzz Comedy Showcase. Yeah, those are fun. Same place, the old laundromat, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a laundromat across yeah, the street. Yeah, laundromat's now. across there. It used to be a computer put your, repair just so you shop. Put your wash in, uh, go, come to the Buzz, get a drink, go put your stuff in the dryer, and then come for the show. By the time the show's done, right, you should be done. You're ready to done. go. Uh, and then I do have another date coming up, but it's not uh, confirmed. Okay. But it's right around the same time. Okay, cool. Uh, same date. Uh, and then... I will hopefully have another... I'm working on putting together a little show. Oh. Hopefully. That's uh, cool. I gotta talk to the the people at the venue. Okay. But we... We're, we've been having... We've been having a back and forth. And we're, it's like... Everybody wants to do it. It's just a matter of figuring out the details. So hopefully yeah, I can announce no. that in the next few weeks. That that'll be uh, getting going. Cool. And then always come to Gefy Yourself on Thursday nights... Yeah. At Nido Burrito. Uh, start time says 10, but nah. that's like get there at 10, get your drink, settle in. Yeah. 
Like 10, uh, 15, 10, I try to wait for a crowd to kind of like right. show up. Sometimes there's people there who are eating and ordering, <laughs> finishing their meal. I try not to scare people off, but also I try to retain as many people who would want to see comedy as I can. Yeah. Uh, so I read the room, usually around ten fifteen start time. And then if you want to get a hold of me, uh, just be my friend on Facebook. Casey Strain and Instagram, Casey Strain as well. Yeah. I'm not that active on Twitter. No, I'm not either. It's such a, it's, it's something just, that I don't know what the barrier is for me to, to do it. I think the but, barrier is you have to have something that you feel like you want to tweet. Right. Which is like, it's like the same kind of thing where it's like, I don't really post a lot on Facebook. Right. Unless it's about like, oh, I'm out at dinner with my girlfriend, or like, oh, something weird happened. It's like, what do I want to share with people? Yeah, very little. Not that much. Very little. Uh, yeah. Is that all? Is that it? That's all I got. All right. Uh, Check our Weed and Whiskey Instagram. Yeah, that's, you know, follow the podcast. Uh, Weed and Whiskey Spokane on Instagram. Uh, Weed and Whiskey Spokane at gmail.com if you mm-hmm. have any questions comments or concerns or you want to suggest something we should talk about yeah if you want to hear our opinion on uh, anything yeah and i think i must have made a statement in the last one we did oh where, god like, get a hold of me if you have if you want to talk about being sober oh or something but someone did and you know i re-extend that i have a life and I can't necessarily drop what I'm doing to meet you, but if you are having an issue and you need someone to talk to about maybe dipping your toe into being sober and seeing what it's like, yeah. uh, you know what? Life is not bad sober. Uh, life is certainly still fun and still vibrant. And, you know, uh, it's not for everybody. <laughs> Right. You know, just like like drinking and smoking weed isn't for everybody. But, yeah. you know, hey man, that shit's always going to be there. Maybe, maybe take a walk on the wild side and <laughs> put it away for six and months <laughs> and just see what happens, dog. Just see what happens. It's weird. It's weird. Take a little Lou Reed. Yeah. Thing. Just, you know, take a walk on the wild. It's fucking weird, to be honest, for like, yeah. I mean, uh... Not to get on a, like a deep tangent, right, as we're trying to get out of here, but like, <laughs> you know, it, if you drink a lot, you know, like ease into it, right? You know what I mean? But like, it's just weird because all of a sudden, you know, I guess what I would say is if you're the kind of person who drinks or smokes weed to cope with their emotions, then maybe try it out because... A big problem that I've had is that when we start into our active addiction is when we stop developing our coping mechanisms as a person. Yeah. Which meant yeah. for me, when I got sober, I was essentially emotionally 21 oh, no. or 20. You know what I mean? Which isn't a good look on a 35-year-old dude. <laughs> so if you're not emotionally mature to where your age is and you're using substances to cope with your problems... Try just try it out. You can always go right back, dog. You can always right. go right back, and I'm not. It's not a judgment thing. Just try it out, and yeah. maybe you'll pick up a couple years, and then you'll be like a 23 year old, <laughs> yeah. a 35 year old. 
Uh, anyway, uh, always a pleasure, sir. Yeah. Good talk. Good talking. And we are... Uh, we were drinking Evan Williams Green Label. Yeah, Evan Williams Green Label, and I can't smoke weed yet, but I have court on the 12th. <laughs> and I might get off probation. Yeah.